Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Chaya Sara Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Parshas Chaya Sara. The Aliyah is a little shorter at 11 Sukkim from Perik Chofei, Posuk Aleph to Yud Aleph. And the topic is the end of Avraham's life. A basic summary of the Aliyah goes as follows. We hear that Avram now marries another wife and her name is Keturah. And she, we hear about the children, Zimron, Yokshan, Medan, Midian, Yishbok, Shuach. And we then hear about their children as well and the different nations that they ultimately established. And um, at this point, uh, Avram Avinu writes all his assets to Yitzhak. This is clearly in meaning to say not Yishmael, not the, these other children. And the Bnei Apilakshin, these children of the of the concubines, are sent out. He gives them gifts and he sends them out to the Kedmael Eretz Kerem, to the easterly direction. And at which point we hear that Avram Avinu lives 175 years. He passes away. At, a time, at, a, at an elderly age, completely happy with his life, and he's brought into his people. Um, at which point, Yitzhak and Yishmael bury him, and uh, and 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 they take him to Maras Machpelah, the area that he actually bought for Sarah. And uh, and this is what we hear about the death of Avram. After which uh, we hear that Hashem blesses Yitzhak, and he stays in the area of Be'er Lachairai. So a few basic questions in Aliyah. Number one is, who is this Keturah? Rashi says this actually is Hagar. This is what's called a closed canon comment, academically. That means to say the unknown figure is associated with it, a figure that we already know. And Rashi explains that the reason why her name was changed to, to Keturah was because it's like the word Keturah, which means incense sacrifices. And her chuva process had been so real, it was like the Keturah, like the sacrifice of the Keturah. The Ibn Ezra says, no, that does not make sense, because if you read the next week, it talks about the Bnei HaPilagshim, the, daughter, the, the ch- children of the concubines. Concubines is in plural, indicating that there must have been Hagar and Keturah as two separate independent people. Rashi responds to this later on by saying that the word Pilakshim is spelt without a Yud, indicating that perhaps it really is the same person. One would have to question why there would be a Mem there at the end of the world as well. Food for further thought. Now, why, what does he give to the Bnei Pilagshim? What is it that he, this Matana? Rashi quotes the Gemara, which says, a shame Tuma, the name of impurity. Very strange. The, 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 the Maral says they're not allowed to, you know, f- serve any form of Avodah Zorah, any form of pagan worship, because they still are Bnei Noach. They are, they are the universal laws that Hashem expects of them. So how could he give them a shame Tuma? So the Maral says, no, it's about to how to exorcise Tuma, to, rem- to, rem- to remove um, the, the idea of impurity from their lives as well. Similarly, the Ksava Kabbalah, Rabbi Yakosi Mecklenburg, um, has a comment where he says, it is that they should know in their lives to avoid things which are disgusting, avoid things which are impure in their lives. That's what he's trying to teach them. Now, why do we need to hear about this whole business here? So Ha'emek Dover says, it's for posterity to know that they are not part of the Jewish future. Yes, Avram Avinu influenced them and his influence was long-lasting, but it was not, that was not his legacy. So in his lifetime, not after his death, when questions could be asked, Avram Avinu made that very clear. He set, this, uh, set this, uh, the, the whole system into motion. There's an interesting contrast called Chiba Yosera, which actually points out that he is still committed to the command of Sarah, which was Sarah did not want the Bnei Apilakshim, and assuming that um, uh, Keturah is in fact Hagar, as most of the Mephorshim do assume, then really his sending them out is a continuation of that deep respect he had for Sarah. Um, it is interesting to know that Rav Hirsch points out of here, this is a very fascinating observation, and looking back on many millennia of, of history, that monotheism really spread out to the West first before it spread to the East. If you think about that, that's a very profound comment. Europe and, uh, and was, was in fact affected more by the monotheistic religions way earlier than Asia, 
was affected by the monotheistic religions in a sense that the Torah is telling us of Iha is Kedmal Eretz Kedem with these children, who, they, were, they were not necessarily going to be the first. This is not the area of Avram's domination in terms of thought at this point in time. Now, very basic question earlier. Yeah, Avram spends so much time in this parish trying to find a non-Canaanite woman for his daughter, for, for his uh, daughter-in-law. Why is it that he marries this, pretend, this person who certainly doesn't, who's, if we assume is, is a different person to Hagar, is, doesn't seem to be con so concerned about marrying a Canaanite person? Um, so Ben Machaya says, well, that's only when it regards to continuity and legacy, about the children that will continue the legacy. But this marriage over here is not about, the, about Abraham Binu's legacy and continuation. This is about his solitude. This is about continuing to raise a family. This is, the, this is, this is about Abraham Binu building a family, but not necessarily legacy. And therefore, his concerns were more diluted in this case as well. Finally, one last question is, why is Yishmael here? Why is Yishmael in this, uh, uh, um, here at the burial? So the Medrash Gada says, at this point in time, he did Teshuva. Yishmael comes through at the end of his life, and that's why you see even in the order of who's doing the burying, Yitzchak comes first, meaning even though that Yishmael is older, he accepts this and gives over the reins to his brother Yitzchak, in a certain sense, an acquiescence of Yitzchak's role as the um, scion of the house of Abraham. What is interesting is here, yeah, there's a few interesting Midrash which appear in the Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer, um, which talk about the following episode, sort of this, this missing subtext episode, where the marriage describes that Avram Avinu, when Yishmael gets married, Avram Avinu goes off to visit Yishmael. Avram Avinu has these pangs of pain about missing his son. Sarah tells him not to go, but he wants to go, so she he makes a deal that he won't get off his camel when he goes there. So that means to say he won't be able to stay so long or even really hug him. So off, off he goes and he goes and he visits Yishmael, but Yishmael's out for the day and he meets his wife there and he asks after his son, she says he is out and he asks for a little bit of water um, or, or bread and she says she has none for him. So he says that, uh, um, he goes to tell her that um, um, that, he, that Yishmael needs to change Miftan beside the threshold of his house, which is a code word for saying, your wife is clearly not exemplifying the characteristics that I brought you up to know, to do, which was inviting in guests. And so it's interesting that, that I mean, he understood that and uh, and he marries another woman later on. It's, it, some Midrashim actually have the, um, the the text that her name is Fatima, which is fascinating. And Yishmael um, is is visited again by Avraham Avinu a few years later. The same thing, the same deal. He cannot get off the camel. He goes to visit Yishmael and he asks water. She gives it to him and he blesses Yishmael. The whole house fills with light. And when Yishmael comes back, he realizes what happened and he says, Karachem Avalbonim, that Avraham still loves me. So that's a very beautiful midrash is the middle, the middle. but I, I just want to emphasize a fascinating point I once heard from Rabbi McKenneth Hain who says a very beautiful perspective here and that is, is that we only see Yishmael ever arrive at the funeral. And so many times in life you'll have a family spat, you'll have painful words which are said or actions which are done and people move in their own direction and they go in their own way. And for years and years and years, nobody really is willing to take the first step forward. And Avraham Avinu here seems to be taking that first step. We don't ever hear, even in the midrash, of Yishmael trying to come back to Avraham. We only hear about him at the, fu at the funeral. And in a certain sense, there's a certain tragedy to that. The tragedy is, is sometimes we wait too long in life. Sometimes we wait and we leave those unresolved issues unresolved until the point where you cannot really resolve them anymore. And you can imagine the difficulty and the embarrassment and the pain it must be to, to get off that camel at the funeral. And, and this is the only time I can have really fixed those things and said the things one needed to say. It's a lot to think about. Let's not, let's not be the Yishmael. In life, let's try to fix the things and the relationships as hard as they may be in life because afterwards it's even harder to fix them. With this, we close the Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.